0: Well, welcome to the Untangling Life podcast. This is Rachel Wojo, and my voice is a little wonk today. I'm sorry for that, but I did not want to postpone having my friend Amber Cullum join us today. Amber, thank you so much for being here with us today.
1: Rachel, it's always the best to come on people's shows that are my personal friends because it feels so much like we're just sitting and having a conversation over coffee. So thank you.
0: I know. And who doesn't want to be a fly on the wall in our conversations?
1: (laughs) You never know what you might get. I mean, good, (laughs) crazy, yeah, technical, all the things.
0: Well, I first met you. Well, I'm trying to remember, did I meet you at the Christian Communicators Conference or did I meet you at Speak Up for the first time?
1: We originally met at Speak Up because I kept pestering you guys to have a podcast Made
0: up. Oh, that's <laughs> right. That's right. Okay. So we <laughs> You're met probably there, like, who is this girl? <laughs> I I just have appreciated getting to know you and work with you through Speak Up Ministries. For those of you listening, if you're unaware, Speak Up Ministries is led by Carol Kent and Amber and I both work there to lead What are our Speak Up Growth groups, which are mastermind groups for authors, leaders, speakers, podcasters, writers, and Amber co-leads that group with me for podcasting. It has been such a blessing to get to know you, Amber, and to share this work with you. And I'm so grateful that you would come and be a part of the podcast today.
1: Well, I'm glad to be here. And I know you are such a giving you're. I mean, you're just a giving person. If you wouldn't have been so open to welcoming me in, I likely wouldn't be serving alongside you in this role. And so I really am grateful for you.
0: Aw, thank you so much. That's very kind. So we have some shared things in common. We both have busy family lives. We're in a family season of growing children, and (laughs) uh, all the fun things that go with that. Both of us have non-traditional schooling happening right Mm -hmm. now. So I am doing online charter school with my kiddos and I am their coach, not their teacher. They do have teachers for their school, but we are definitely in a busy mode of working in that homeschooling setting. And then I know you have a non-traditional setting as well. Would you like to share just a moment of that?
1: Yeah. I mean, coaching is a good way to say it. That's what I should start labeling my role as, especially for my sixth grader and my eighth grader. So they go to a university model school where um, K through six, they go to school Monday and Wednesday, and then they're homeschooled Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, and then seventh through twelfth, they're there three days a week. So definitely with my second grader, I would say I am a teacher. The other two, it's definitely more of a coach or maybe I should say someone who's, well, that is a coach, constantly refocusing them back on their work. (laughs)
0: Yeah, yeah. I think the beauty of flexible schooling is that you can do some fun things and catch up later or Mm -hmm. work in advance. And I saw a little video of you on Instagram the other day with your kids at the zoo and it was so fun. It was just so fun. And I thought, Man, I, I want to be homeschooled at Amber's house. My kids are not going to the zoo <laughs> recently, but we are, <laughs> we are. Don't about be to do deceived
1: something. by Instagram. <laughs> Don't be <laughs> deceived.
0: <laughs> We're about to do something fun. Well, I'm so excited to have you on today because I really believe in one of the products that you have on your site that is such a helpful tool and you call it a gratitude practice. It is a four week tool where you can just walk through and really enjoy soaking in Mm. the art of practicing gratitude, the art and habit of practicing gratitude. Would you share just a little bit about that tool and the meaning behind it before we talk about gratitude in general and how we can practice it on a daily basis?
1: Yeah, I mean, my journey with gratitude started years ago and initially was ma- primarily journaling. And over time, I just saw the transformation that took place as a result of stopping what I called the runaway thought train, where, you know, I'm constantly just the negative or grumbling or wishing things were different or, you know, and it really helped to stop that and put things in their rightful place. And so I started looking for ways to give thanks to God beyond just journaling. And that's why I came up with the four-week gratitude practice, because it points you to different scriptures that can helps spark ideas of what to be thankful for. It points you towards songs or silence, um, various things that just helps you to kind of orient your mind toward uh, where God is at work in the world around us. So
0: that's why. And And I think the challenge of that is why is it important to do it? How does gratitude make an impact, a daily impact on our heart? Mm.
1: What? Yeah, well, I think I, I want to hear what you have to say about this, too. But <laughs> it's almost what I just now said, where it's it reorients mm. our brains and our bodies and all of our senses to where God is at work in, through and around us in a way that sometimes nothing else can because I'm fascinated with brain science and I just, when you start to read about the way God designed our brains, it's like that idea of what practice makes perfect. Well, I think practice makes progress. And the reason why is because anything we repeat over and over and over again is what we believe and what we become good at, right? Mm. And so with gratitude, if we're not practicing it, Mm -hmm. it doesn't just show up when things are hard. Right. So, you oh, know what I mean? Goodness. Like yes. you have to be practicing it or that's not going to be where you gravitate to when things are really, really bad. Right. Um. So, yeah, I don't know and what you would of say us, to that. I,
0: I think some of us have an aversion to the word gratitude mm. because it has this elevated attitude that we feel like is unattainable. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where I like your approach so much because you break it down into little bits, Mm. day by day, moment by moment. In that moment, you have this choice and you can set your mind towards what God is doing and how he is working and try to focus on where the positive is in the situation sometimes there's no positive to really focus on though Mm-mm. and so you have to purposely choose that you're going to trust God's characteristics and be thankful for who he is regardless of what's happening around you mm-hmm. and remember that he is with you i'll just stop and and share something that really has been a lot to me um this moment was pivotal for me because i was As you know, I I had a special needs daughter, Taylor, and I've shared this story before, but I feel like it's so pivotal to the conversation we're having today. Mm -hmm. Taylor was so sick and she had a rare metabolic disorder, gradual neurological degeneration. So her body is gradually failing and there is no treatment or cure and nothing we can really do except try to keep her comfortable. And there was one day towards the the last six months of her life where the sun broke through and I'm such a summer girl. And it was just a gorgeous day outside. Mm -hmm. And I wanted so desperately to be able to take her outside. And it meant bringing her down a flight of steps. There was no one there to help me get her down that flight of steps. And so I didn't have the ability to carry her at that point. She, she was no longer able to help right. move her body. And so it would have been dead weight. And so I was really mad at God mm-hmm. in my heart. And I'm just sitting there going, Lord, it is just such a shame that mm. she would be so sick that we can't even go outside yeah, for a God. glimpse of sunshine. And the Holy Spirit convicted me. And I think this is part of what you were just talking about, where if you have a practice and you're purposeful in Mm -hmm. doing this on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, as part of your lifestyle, then in those pivotal moments when you really need to hear from the Lord, it pops in. And so that's what happened to me in that moment. The Holy Spirit said to me, you have a choice. You can be sorry that you can't go outside or you can be grateful for the sun that's shining mm-hmm. in through the window. Mm-hmm. And it was just a pers- perspective flip. Really, it was yeah. just that pivotal choice to say, okay, Lord, thank you for the sunshine mm-hmm. that is coming in through the window.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: so what would you say is just another way that you can really Practice a thankful mindset. You mentioned journaling, and I know that's a big one for me as well. Mm-hmm. But there are so many other ways for the people who are listening who say, Well, I'm just not really a writer. I'm not a journaler. What mm. would you say to that?
1: Yeah. Well, quickly, I want to say thank you for sharing that story because I also want people, and even you, which we've talked about this before. I think so often as Christians and and just as people in general, we don't think that that gratitude and sorrow can go hand in hand, Mm. but they can. Yeah. And that idea is the same idea. It's actually very pervasive in our culture where we keep sacred and secular separate. Right. Whereas God is inviting us to let him be a part of all things, Mm -hmm. which means you can look at him one second and say, you know what? I'm kind of angry that I can't take her out. And it's not like he comes and strikes you down and says, you should be grateful. It's more of a tender reminder of I am here. And my gift to you today is that the sun is shining. Yeah. You know, and that's a whole different perspective than like, it's gotta be this either or, right? Because life is not rarely is it either Mm. or it's typically all of these things existing together and that's what gratitude does is it 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 helps us invite God into every every space. Yeah. And we're we're not very good at that in America. <laughs> We're like, I'm going to go to work and I'm going to go to church and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And so, when it comes to practicing gratitude, what I, one of my favorite things to do is uh, five senses gratitude. And so, yeah. And so, particularly when I'm on a walk, um, I'll just, you know, start thinking, okay, I'm going to come up with, you know, three to five things that I may not necessarily see right this minute. But when you're outside, that's easy. But God, Mm. I am thankful for, you know, seeing the bird in the tree and hearing his chirping, Um, thinking about tastes, things that I can touch. And again, it's not this, oh, magnificent revelation as much as it's just, again, a reorienting. James K.A. Smith has a book called You Are What You Love. And Mm. he's, talks all about like where our affections lie really matter. And I think we all know that. Like you don't have to be a Christian to realize that. But if my affections lie at always talking about what's going on in the news and all these, and those things aren't bad to talk about. That's not what I mean. But there has to come a time where I reorient my affections towards gifts and blessings, and just the things that God lavishes on us that we often ignore because honestly, they're so pervasive we don't even recognize, right, that yeah. it's God. Yeah. And so the five senses is probably one of my absolute favorites when I, because I can do that anywhere.
0: Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. Right. You're driving, you can that. do it at
1: home. Yeah. yeah. So it's a really, yeah. really cool one. You should try it.
0: <laughs> Yeah. I love that one. I hadn't even thought of it before. I will share journaling is, is a part of who I am as a writer. Mm-hmm. And so that one is a very easy one for me. Same. Yeah. Um, you and I both mentioned there was a book years ago, Anne Vostkamp's book, mm-hmm. 1000 gifts. And when I was in that season of life, yeah. I really needed a refocus on Mm. giving gratitude and being thankful. And so I started to journal thankfulness and have a gratitude mindfulness practice at that time. And I don't journal separately for gratitude as much currently. I do it within my prayer journal mostly.
1: Me too. But
0: um, I think there are some seasons where are just practicing daily, having mm-hmm. that accountability to say, okay, today I will. And starting the day off with that practice of remembering at the end of the day, I want to be able to note two or three things that I'm really grateful for that happened today.
1: Mm-hmm. And I
0: think that that can really reset us. But there are some other ways to practice. I'll mention one, and then I know you have some others as well. One of the things that I did with our family over the years was to have a, what we called a thankful tree. Mm -hmm. So we would go out in the yard. We would pick up bare sticks because all the leaves were falling off at this time of year where we live seasonally. And we would just grab these bare branches Mm -hmm. and bring them in and put them in a vase. And then we had these little printout leaves yep. that yeah. we would print. And every day we had to write something on a leaf and then we would tie it on the tree. Mm-hmm. So we we basically were doing the opposite of what was happening outside. That's the right. leaves were all falling outside, but we were bringing our leaves in and tying them to the tree. And at mm-hmm. the end, we would oh, have this love. red, orange, yellow, all these colors with all of our Thankfulness all over these branches, mm-hmm. and it wasn't super attractive or beautiful, or I, I'm not sure that it would go far on Pinterest today. But it worked. It helped us remember, and it was really great for the kids. Um, yes. So I would love for you to share something that you've seen similarly, or or I know you have so many ideas to share in regards to this.
1: Yeah. It makes me laugh to hear you say it's not Pinterest worthy because actually, if you got on Pinterest, it totally is. Not all things have to be beautiful, <laughs> and it is beautiful. It just depends on what you're. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, because they have those kinds of things actually sure, for kids, yeah. and that's what that is. One thing that we continue to do around our table in the month of November, particularly, we have these uh, leaves that we tape around our entryway, and. Really, I think you and I were talking about this earlier as Christians, we have we don't observe the church calendar as much. And so it's really vitally important in our culture as um holidays that we do make a part of our calendar. Like, what can we do to align those with our convictions as mm-hmm. believers? And the month of November, you know, focusing in on gratitude kind of resets your heart for the rest of the year. Um, you know, just like Christmas, we focus on the birth of Christ because we want to remember that he came to earth for us. And so we do that as well. Um, Another fun thing that we do are um high, you know, our high of the day, our low of the day, something we're thankful for, and then a question of the day around our table. And that is just a family practice that is not always well-received, right? Because we're not acting like um, we're all always grateful people or that we stick our head in the sand and act like my family doesn't grumble and that I don't grumble because I certainly do. But... If the goal of practice is to develop a habit to where, again, when things are hard, you go in, in the direction of gratitude or searching out God versus going in the, the direction of despair, um, then that's why we do make habits. So that's another one with our kids and just our family in general. My husband and I, you know, asking each other at the end of the day, like, hey, tell me, tell me three things that you're grateful for from this day. And really focusing on saying the gratitude without the complaint is Mm. can be really hard, you know, Mm. but it's so healthy to do that. And again, it's not an ignoring of hard things. It's just, um, we've got to train our brains for it. So those are a couple of things.
0: uh, Yeah. And you made me think of something that has been brought to my attention in the last couple of weeks. I have a friend who shared that she has a friend, so this was not her, but her friend took the word holy, H-O-L-Y, and she wrote it in Sharpie on her broom handle, on her toilet brush because she wanted to remember that those things, activities that she wasn't so crazy about should be holy as unto the Lord. Mm. And so (laughs) it shifted her perspective from being a negative thing that she had to do Mm. to being something that she got to offer to God as part of her service to her family. And I just feel like that set you up for that gratitude, mindfulness, doesn't it? When you actually label those hard things as being something that God has given to you, it's Mm. counted all joy, brethren, when you fall into diverse temptations from Paul. And so I I think that that joy means that very perspective that you're talking about, where we can Mm. flip that switch and make sure that we are seeing things with a lens of how God sees us and how he sees our situation rather than just looking at, at those hard things in, in difficulty. Um, well,
1: and real quick, hold on, Rachel, before you go on, I'm going to mention this really quick too. <laughs> One of our, uh, my son's teachers, Kara Gwen, at the beginning of her their seventh grade year, because she has had this practice where she has a gratitude journal, but she never repeats anything. And I thought, what? (laughs) You're crazy. I don't believe you, basically. But if you know Kara, I mean, she exudes this just joyful personality. And to the point sometimes where someone like me can almost be like, I don't believe it. Like nobody can be that happy all the time because I am not naturally a glass half full girl. I mean, mm. I wish I was, but I have to really work at it. And so she had all of them the whole semester keep a gratitude journal, not repeating anything. I love and, it. And oh, my goodness. So Bennett, like me, my son, a lot like me, was like, it's impossible And she started to explain to them what she means by not repeating. Instead of just saying, I'm thankful for you, Rachel, instead laying out something about you or Mm. um, being very specific, like, I love the trees, but like, what is something you really are thankful for about them, you know? And to this day, he's like, so, I mean, the way he talks about that experience and how, He talks about Miss Gwen and just the growth that I saw happen in my 12 year old at the time it like was totally affirmation for me of like this matters.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So just so a
1: beautiful, beautiful thing.
0: Well, and I don't want to go too far down the trail, but you and I mentioned before we began today about the difficulty of being thankful in such a commercial retail oriented mm. culture. I was in the store this weekend and mm. there is, it, it's only the end of October, not even the end. We still have a week left for the end of October as we're recording this. So when this releases, it'll be November, a couple of weeks down the road here. yeah. But right now there are, no, there's no section at all seasonally for Thanksgiving. You have the entire section is filled with Christmas. Mm -hmm. And then over in the corner on the bottom shelf, there are two stacks of Thanksgiving plates or something. Mm -hmm. And you had mentioned well, that's because there's nothing to sell for Thanksgiving. It really is the opposite mentality. But I just think it's difficult. It's a challenge for us to slow down and Mm -hmm. really focus on that day. And my children and I were just talking about it last week. And I said, oh, I can't wait for Thanksgiving. And it's my it's my favorite it's my favorite. It really is. And one of our exercises that we do on Thanksgiving day is we have an A through Z list of the letters mm-hmm. and every person gets a printout and we're supposed to list what we're thankful for by the letters of the alphabet. And then we have one. to, we have to go around and read our list. Yes. And we've been doing this for years. So we have several lists it's kind of funny to go back and see four <laughs> or five years ago what someone said at the Thanksgiving table versus what they're saying. It's now.
1: so true. Because Bennett will laugh so hard when he reads the Leafs. He's like, why would I have put, I mean, <laughs> who even knows? Like, He laughs so hard about some of the things he wrote when he was little. <laughs>
0: It's really fun to see the kids grow in that activity, even year by year. And I think that it's a tradition that they will remember um, in years to come and hopefully implement in their family as well. So I would love to hear about maybe one of these tools or or ideas that you've used that have impacted you on a personal level.
1: Yeah, I mean, I feel like I I really want to choose one of the ones I've already talked about, but so one of the things that I struggle with is as a child, I definitely came from a family where we just, I mean, we practice grumbling more than anything. Like Mm -hmm. when it, and I'm not saying that to criticize my parents. I think it's super easy to get in that rut and I can really get in that rut as well. And so I realized as I got older that I also had this mindset in a way that I could lose the love of God. Mm -hmm. And I didn't realize that that was an underlying lie that I was believing based on some childhood experiences. And so one of the gratitude practices that has really helped me to fight that lie and to replace it with the truth that God's love is not conditional and that you cannot lose it is Philippians 4, eight, And so that's where it's telling you to think on these yes. things. Think on what is pure, what is lovely, what is noble, and the list goes on. And so, And in the free gratitude practice, I have this where every word is defined. And then I like to work through, like, what are noble things that I'm thankful for? And the temptation can be to only say, well, only Jesus is truly noble. Only Jesus is truly pure, right? But when you really start to hone in and say, what I'm looking for is God at work in the land of the living. And if Mm. I believe that what I pray, which is his kingdom come, his will be done, where? Here, as it is in heaven. Then I've got to pay attention to where he is pouring out his love, which is who he is in the little things. So, for example, you know, a baby nursing with its mother. That is pure. You know, I mean, that is lovely. And so opening my eyes to all of these little things around me where it's glimpses of uh, what is admirable, um, what is lovely like a waterfall, really has helped me to see that God is love. He doesn't just act as someone who's loving when he feels like it, like that's really who he is. And so I would say that one has probably had the greatest impact on me over the duration of time.
0: Sir, My husband as a medical professional has a very scientific brain. And he just mentioned (laughs) last night, he He would be my friend. He was just (laughs) mentioning last night how the atmosphere and Mm. the chemical composition of the air that we breathe Mm. is the exact right combination that we need as humans. It's exactly appropriate for our human bodies. If the percentages were off, even by like 0.5%, even by just a smidgen, there's the country girl in me. I definitely see smidgen seems so much more doable and understandable. I'm all about
1: smidgens.
0: (laughs) but he was talking about just how that little tiny sliver of difference in a percentage would completely throw off our inability to breathe and he even mentioned how when you come up from scuba diving they tell you rise to the surface slowly wow. so that your body has a chance to adapt in the differences between breathing underwater and breathing above water. And you just think about that small little difference in how God works. It really is one of those things that can make an impact when we say, Mm -hmm. Lord, thank you for breath in my lungs today and that, you know, exactly the right measurements of the air that I need. And Mm -hmm. I think that's what you're talking about when you get specific and really hone in and think about how God has gifted us on this planet and how he has given us breath and we have purpose through him, our creator. It's such Mm -hmm. a beautiful thing. Is there anything else, Amber, you would like to share? I'm excited to continue this conversation with you. I've never had a guest on for two episodes before, but there's so much more that we have to cover that we're going to close out this session, but I would love for you to mention one more time that beautiful four-week free gratitude plan that can be a great resource for listeners.
1: Yeah, you can find that at graceenoughpodcast.com slash free gratitude practice. It's always there and available because as you know, gratitude is not just for the month of November. So if you're just looking for some guidance on where to begin, feel free to download that.
0: And I often wonder if January should be our gratitude month (laughs) because (laughs) it's a little more difficult (laughs) to practice then. So maybe I should remind everyone we'll we'll set it out for November and I'll be sure to include the (laughs) link in the show notes, but maybe in January, we should revisit this topic. (laughs) That's right. Thanks. Thanks for being with me today, Amber. Looking forward to chatting with you on the next session. Thank you for listening to the Untangling Life podcast with Rachel Wojo. If you enjoyed this podcast episode, be sure to subscribe. For show notes and free resources, visit rachelwojo.com. See you again soon.